You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Be able to speak up for yourself, think about how you want to address it with the person um, before you actually do it, because it could also backfire too, you know, but you've got to, no one else is going to be able to stand up for you except for you. Welcome to the Black Business of Broadway, a podcast brought to you by the Broadway League and Black to Broadway. Here we highlight the stories, how-tos, and successes of the Black professionals and legends of Broadway. I'm your host, Janine Scott. Today's guest is Darrell Johnson, the Vice President of People and Culture for Jujamson Theaters. Darrell leads the strategic HR functions for five Broadway theaters whose productions include Tony Award-winning shows such as Moulin Rouge the Musical, Hades Town, Kinky Boots, and The Book of Mormon, just to name a few. Prior to joining Jujamson Theaters, she has successfully championed large-scale luxury and full-service hotel conversions, airline catering takeovers, and significant cultural human resource transformations in South Florida, Chicago, and New York City. Welcome. Thank you. I am so excited uh, to have you here. We've been talking about this for over a year now. Yeah. And we finally have made it happen. Uh, So I am grateful. I'm excited to be here. So let's just jump right in. Because before joining G Jamson, you held several leadership positions Mm -hmm. um, as an HR professional in the hotel industry. What motivated you to transition into working into the Broadway industry? Well, that's a good question. Like, why? Yeah, I mean, I didn't just wake up one day and was like, ah, I want to go work on Broadway. It didn't happen that way. Um, Hotels is a 24-7 business, and being in that space in HR for 20 years, it can take a toll on you. So I definitely needed to make a switch. Still stayed in hospitality, did the consulting thing, then stayed in hospitality, did the airline catering thing, and realized that I, in order for me to do my job effectively, there's got to be alignment in terms of values, my personal values, business values, whatever, between me, the owner of our company, and my boss, basically, Mm -hmm. right? So C-suite, essentially. So um, I was really looking for a place like that. That was the intention, right? 
And um, then I ended up meeting my current boss, Hal, and, and our owner, Jordan, and our CFO. And um, I remember after my interview, I went home and I said, dang, is this real? Because yeah. <laughs> they're saying all the right stuff, right? Mm -hmm. And then when I finally met our owner and I saw started to see some samples of some of the work that they were doing with cultural transformation and the company values and all of this, I said, I think, I think I'm going to make the leap. And mm -hmm. uh, that's how I ended up here. That's awesome. Yeah. So, you know, people, you're vice president of people and culture mm -hmm. and you come from HR and people mm -hmm. don't understand how the two intersect. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about the difference and the, the similarities that yeah. exist and why it's people and culture as opposed to human resources? Well, think back to when HR first started, right? It was really the personnel department. We were right. basically like the paper pushers, right? Right. And eventually over time, it changed to, it evolved to human resources management. Then you started to see more departments or companies changing the department name to talent department or talent mm -hmm. manager. Mm -hmm. And this, I think, is like another evolution of HR, which is people and culture. It's not just payroll. It's not just the administrative part of it. It's also focusing on um, the strategic part of the role, the things also that include the diversity work, um, all of those things. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so that's what I think is, they're not two different things. I think right. it, it's really an evolution of where the personnel department started, um, you know, from that standpoint. So that's how I would describe it. Yeah. And it's about seeing employees as people, right? Exactly. And, and as a whole person. And yeah. individuals bringing their whole selves because, yeah. like you said, there's that intersection of uh, the EDI, equity, diversity, inclusion yeah. work that happens in the world of HR. And this is kind of just all encompassing. Yeah. I mean, you know, if, if someone often when I introduce myself as that, they're like, well, what does that mean? Mm -hmm. um, and if you Google it, who knows what you're going to find? Right. The way that I describe it for me is. It, it's really us helping the business achieve its goals through people, mm -hmm. whether it's recruiting and staffing, whether it's learning and development, uh, you name it, mm -hmm. right? So that's that's how I describe it. And so I've got to constantly remind myself of that, that everything that I do on a daily basis has got to be aligned to the overall bigger picture, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it makes absolute sense. So yeah. when did you, what was the moment that you realized the impact of um, creating a culture of inclusiveness and belonging within your, your within the organization you're in right now. Yeah, um, I would say, gosh, the first thing that comes to mind is when I worked on a harassment investigation with an employee, mm -hmm. and um, when I part of my deal is I always call people back. You know, you don't just talk to me and file your complaint and then you never hear from me again. Right, right. I keep you updated. I'm like, hey, I talked to this person. Um, you know, keep me posted if you hear anything. And then towards the end, I call them back and say, hey, look, it's been resolved, it's been addressed. So that's one thing that I that I think about. Um, and I think there's still for for us in what we do, I think it's hard to really realize that we are making an impact because yes. we're not. <laughs> You know, we're not a revenue generating department. So it's kind of like, you know, mm -hmm. you have to remind yourself of all your accomplishments. And so that that's the first thing that, that comes to mind. And um, I think just creating this culture where people can feel 
comfortable. Like if you, if I can have a porter or a cleaner feel comfortable coming to me about anything, um, that to me makes me feel like they feel like they're a part of something mm -hmm. greater and they feel comfortable enough to talk to someone at, at my level, you know, right. of course they have their supervisor, they have their house manager, but that's the kind of environment that we've created since I started. And there's no way to measure that, but it's just, it's just me telling you, right? Right. right. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, I think it, it's measured in the retention. Yeah. And in those satisfaction type, you know, surveys and those stay interviews that, you know, so yeah. many organizations are starting to do yeah. when it's exactly what you said, when they, they feel comfortable because listen, you're in the C-suite yeah, and we're talking about as most companies, you know, there's a hierarchy structure, right? Mm -hmm. And yeah. when we're looking at the rungs on the ladder, it's rare that you see the first rung, you know, going up to the top rung and, yeah. and having conversation and feel and feeling comfortable. Comfortable. Yeah. So yeah. that that's important. That's, that's really important. Mm -hmm. So what it, so as a woman of color though, mm -hmm. you know, in that C-suite position, how have you navigated your way through this senior leadership, not just in the theater industry, but just in general, yeah. because, yeah. you know, Broadway mirrors, I say this all the time, Broadway mirrors the real world. We're not mm -hmm. any different <laughs> just yeah. because we're the theater industry. We're yeah. still played by the same things that other industries are, are plagued with. So how have you navigated yeah. your way up to the senior leadership role, you know, as a woman of color? Yeah, it's, um, I've never, I'll be honest with you, I've never been asked this question so often until I got to in this industry. Mm -hmm. um, and I understand why, right? So I think back in the hotel days, for example, you would see more of us in these positions, mm -hmm. right? And not just in DEI positions, we would be in mm -hmm. all kinds of, of departments. Um, for me, I, and I'll just share with you an, an example, that's probably the best way that I could can answer it for you, is this term microaggressions. I've never experienced it until I started working in the industry, right? Mm -hmm. And everybody goes through it at some point in time. And um, for me, I think it's important to have the right support when you do experience something like this, but also be able to have enough confidence to be able to call it out and call it out professionally and respectfully. Mm -hmm. um, because when it's, especially when it's done in front of your colleagues or in a meeting, um, either one, they don't realize it, or two, they know what they're doing and they don't give a shit, right, right, right. <laughs> right? And nobody else is experiencing what I'm experiencing, so I've got to speak up for myself. Um, and so for me, I would pull someone to the side and explain to them, hey, this is how you made me feel. Um, we just had a meeting about this. We talked about it. Why do you think it was necessary to bring it up again in the way that you did publicly, mm -hmm. right? Um, and so there was an apology and all of that. So we're, me and this person are all good now, but if I didn't have that conversation with that person, if I didn't have confidence in myself to have mm -hmm. that conversation, this person would probably continue to do what they're doing. Right. Yeah. Um, but my follow-up step was to go to my superior and say, Hey dude, you got to have my back when this kind of stuff happens because you saw what happened in the meeting. I need your support, you right. know? Right. Um, and and it, we understood, like everybody's cool now, but I guess if I had to give someone advice about this is mm -hmm. be able to speak up for yourself, think about how you want to address it with the person. Um, 
before you actually do it because it could also backfire too, you know, but you've got to, no one else is going to be able to stand up for you except for you. What you said resonates so much with me, especially when it's like, okay, I'm going to pull you to the side. I'm going to have a conversation, but those other people who are in the room, you know, when you see it, when you see it and you know it. Yeah. And I feel like sometimes they don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. or what to say it's like they yeah. want to but they don't want it's like okay if I say something am I taking away this person's power I feel like they I feel like sometimes they overthink mm-hmm. yeah and it's yeah. like no I just I need you to support me you don't need to th- yeah you don't need to think about it you know yeah. you, you say something in the moment yeah exactly so what role has like mentorship played in in your career either you being a mentor or yeah. or you know being mentored yeah mentorship i've i've been grateful to have mentors throughout my career i think over time you start to communication becomes a little bit you know less and less mm-hmm. but um i think having someone who you can confide in or talk to outside of your company, maybe even outside of your industry can really help to bring outside perspective. Um, and they'll be real enough with you to tell you you're, you're overreacting or, you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. they're the outsider listening. Um, so I would encourage anyone who's, you know, up and coming or anything like this to, I don't want to say find a mentor, but because it, for you to for you to get a mentor, the mentor has to want to mentor you. Right, right, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and you can't force someone to be your mentor. It just happens organically. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I don't even call my mentors mentors. Mm-hmm. They just are, you know? Right. Um, but I think that's important to have someone that you, that you can confide in from that standpoint. And for me as a mentor... I've had people that have interned for me in the past that I still continue to mentor, different career advice, um, uh, career moves, sometimes mm-hmm. personal. Um, and so for me, that's my way of giving back, you know, to, to them and giving back to the youngins, if mm-hmm. you will, um, because I was once in their shoes. So, right. yeah. Right. So speaking of like being in their shoes, Mm-hmm. Uh, you studied at uh, Nova Southeastern University for undergrad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How did how did the university prepare you for the role that you're in currently? I'm so glad that I, I <laughs> that I did that major. So that major was business administration. I don't okay. know why I picked it or how I ended up in it, <laughs> but <laughs> I really don't remember. But I got it, and. You know, I'm so grateful for that experience, Janine, because if I if I had a major in HR, I don't think I would be where I am today. Right. Um, and I think what that opportunity provided me was really the business acumen that I have right now. So whenever I have a new idea about something um, or a new, uh, I don't know, project or something that I want to launch or propose, I'm already thinking in the back of my mind, how does this impact the business? What business objective is it going to drive? You know, those kinds mm-hmm. of things. So um, being able to read a PL statement, knowing what a general ledger, you know, all of these yeah. things that you have to know as a business owner. Um, not a lot of my colleagues in HR have that, that mindset. Um, 
And so that's how I think it's allowed me to really be able to understand how like my CFO thinks, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's about the money, but it's got to make sense. Like the numbers got to tell a story, right? Right, so, right, exactly. So that's how I think it's really helped me a lot. That's awesome because yeah. there are so many people. And I mean, I think back to when I was an undergrad, what did I major in? I majored in education. You mm -hmm. know, how does that inform me to this day? There are so many people who do not necessarily work in yeah. the in the field that they majored in. Mm -hmm. In addition to that, there are a lot of people who start off like I started off as a teacher and then I pivoted, you know, mm -hmm. and so it, it's good to see and to hear individuals who have to hear those stories of individuals who did the, those exact same things, because I think mm -hmm. of being young and trying to navigate and looking at other people, assuming that, oh, well, they probably went to college for that. Mm -hmm. You know, that's why they're working and that's why they're, you know, the CEO or that's why they're the yeah. vice president. So, I mean, it, I think it's good for people to hear and for people, for our audience to hear, and for our audience to know that regardless of what you majored in, you can take mm -hmm. that yeah, and use it and take the things that you've learned and use those skills, right? Right to help you to, um, to go further in whatever career it is you decide, mm -hmm. you know, to pivot to. So I, I thank you for sharing that and, and for, and for letting us know, because I think, I, I really think it's important. Yeah. And I'll add one more thing yeah. too. One of my, one of my best bosses was not college educated. Mm, I love that. And he made it all the way up to managing director of South Florida for this hotel group that we had worked for. Then he ended up going to V. I mean, he was literally over the whole state. Mm. And he said to himself, he's like, Darrell, I'm going to go back to school. I'm like, why? You're the boss. He's like, well, you know, my life wasn't the traditional life. I had kids, kids at a young age. Um, I got married at a young age. I had a lot of responsibility. So I had to get to work right away. Mm. And so this is what I want to do for myself. Um, so I, I think this is so interesting to share with people because there's this, I think, um, you know, this pressure sometimes that we have to have a certain path and everybody's path is not the same, you know, we can still be successful without, you know, this traditional educational path that has been kind of ingrained in us, you know, since we were kids. Right. And yeah, the whole, I have to get to work right away. Yeah. Like that's. That story, unfortunately, is a lot of people regard that yeah. has that has no racial anything. That's yep. that's a story of a lot of folks, especially right now. Yeah. Given the economy that we're in, people are like, mm -hmm. OK, I can't I can't do this right now. Yeah. But knowing that you could still ascend and to be whatever it is you feel that you've you've been called to do and mm -hmm. you can still be successful. And yeah. that's truly the takeaway. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. 
But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Okay, so now you're here. You're, mm-hmm. you're, you're on Broadway. Mm-hmm. How do you, because working with people and working mm-hmm. in the area of culture and this mm-hmm. intersection that, that happens daily, where you bring yourself as a quote-unquote marginalized group Mm-hmm. to work and then you are you are practicing and preaching inclusiveness when you yourself have to also be like mm-hmm. I want to be included how yeah. do you how do you juggle that how do you, yeah how do you juggle that I work out a lot that's my stress relief i wake up at now the past month i've been waking up at 5 a.m and going to the gym but um yeah i think you know stress relief is important and you got to spend some time on yourself whatever that is and that's that's what it is for me that and and nature i think the people that i spend more time talking to about some of their challenges not Mm -hmm. just on Bri, but elsewhere, other yeah, internships yeah, yeah. or wherever, is um, is our intern group. And we have interns here at G. Jamson, um, maybe about three or four times a year in different departments. And this is really the only group of employees where we have an opportunity to diversify the workforce, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's there's almost no turnover at our corporate office and very little turnover in the operation. Right. Right. So um, our goal is really to transition those interns who want to stay, transition them into being permanent employees, part-time, whatever. Um, I can't even remember the exact conversation that I had with this person, but um, I think for me, it's it's difficult to give someone, it would be difficult to give someone advice about how to navigate as a person of color, especially if you're going through your own struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, you kind of have to be a little bit crazy to be able to separate, to, <laughs> to be able to separate your own experience from like, hey, I got to pull my personal stuff out of this and help this person to get through whatever issue mm-hmm. they're getting through. Um, and it can be very tough to do, you know, it can be very tough to do. And I think self-reflection is something that I do, but I don't do often enough. And I would encourage all of us in this work that's doing this work to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes my family makes fun of me for spending time with myself, but I think we need to, we, we underestimate the value of, of doing that. Mm-hmm. Um so I don't know if that answered yeah, your, your question, but <laughs> it does because it popped in my head and I'm thinking yeah. just like, we do this every day. We bring ourselves, you know, in these spaces every day. And sometimes we are treated like the marginalized. Yeah. And then we have people who are marginalized come to us and they want our yeah. guidance and we're like, well, wait a minute. Yeah. Uh, so you know just how how do we process that and so yeah. no you you answered it i 
Yeah. It's kind of like, it's kind of like the psychologist and the, or the therapist and the patient, right? (laughs) (laughs) That's what it reminds me of because your patient could be talking to you about issues that you're going through yourself. You kind of be, gotta be a little crazy to be a therapist because you've got to separate that, right? And Mm -hmm. still help the person with the same issue you're dealing with. Yeah. So, yeah, no. So now that you're in this arts realm and um, did you grow up liking the arts or is this, is this like, this is just totally foreign? Yeah, no, not totally foreign at all. So um, growing up as a kid in Jamaica, my mom took me to almost every performing arts. Uh, It was this little, it's this theater in Kingston called the literally the little theater. That's Mm -hmm. what it's called. And we would go there for all kinds of performances, ballets, um, comedy show, you name it. Mm-hmm. Um, then I got into piano. I got into in uh, primary school playing the role of a bird for some play I don't remember. <laughs> but I've always loved live performance. And um, I'm not what people would define as a theater person. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I might be transitioning into that a little bit. <laughs> um, because being here is really... It's a little nostalgic for me because it brings me back to when I was a kid, right. you know, going to all of these events. And um, I feel like I'm re-exploring a part of me that I that has that has been kind of severed for a while. Mm. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. It but does. Like I'm going to the ballet more. I'm going to all the, you know, shows, things like this. Any event that we're putting on, mm-hmm. um, that the league puts on, anything like this, I like to be a part of it because I like that environment. You know, there's something right. different about live performance than going to a movie or, you know what I mean? Right. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. I, I, yes. <laughs> 100 percent i tell people all the time i'm like i don't want to go to a movie i like theater i like the live i like the liveness i like the feeling like i can touch the people exactly you know yeah no i i definitely enjoy live theater over um you know the movie theater yeah What, what do you think is some of the most important traits or skills that an individual needs in order to be successful in this area of work I think even we're all leaders in our our roles, right? Mm -hmm. But we can't forget that we're also, we should still be a student, have the mindset of a student that we're always learning and we we don't know everything. Like it's okay to not know everything, right? Right. Because then that just, it just creates, I think, more issues. Mm -hmm. Um, So having that constant learning mindset, um, I think also being curious and constantly being curious about how things work how people work, um, how the business works is also really critical. Um, because if you don't understand how the business works, it puts you at a really, really big disadvantage. I'm still learning the business myself. Mm-hmm. As of 11.28 a.m. today on August 25th, I'm still learning a lot of stuff about this industry that I thought I knew. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, oh, shit. All right. I didn't know that that well. Um, so I think that's one part of it. And... I would say also don't don't limit yourself to just your own little circle like Mm -hmm. expand outside of that you know there's so many great resources for example through the league and um and even you know groups that support um underrepresented groups and things like that i would say don't limit yourself to those groups you should be a part of them but also look outside of those groups as well, because you, you'd be surprised what you can learn mm-hmm. about yourself, about what you could do at your, in your career. And um, I think people will be pleasantly surprised if, if they take that approach. 100%. Yeah. 
I agree. And also don't take anything personal. Yes. You know, the other thing that I think about too is understanding, um, trying to understand um, different behaviors, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And how to interact with those different types of behaviors and, and personalities. I think that goes hand in hand with not taking things personally. Um, that's a big, a big one. I think that's why so many of our, our colleagues and coworkers known and unknown fizzle Mm -hmm. out so fast. Yeah. Yep. It's just the job of that. I'm like, you know what? (laughs) Yeah. Ah. So now my final question, Yep. (laughs) what is one piece of advice that you'd like to share with the black future leaders of Broadway? Wow. I'm probably going to, the one I said earlier about don't limit yourself mm-hmm. for sure. Um, the second part would be don't wait for opportunities to come to you. You've got to go out there and search for it. Yes. Um, and going back to my point about being curious, a lot of what I've learned about this industry Surprisingly, I learned from just surfing on Instagram (laughs) and I find a lot of stuff out that way. Um, Some of these organizations that we work with, literally, I'm just going, oh, BTU, they're having a gala. Perfect. I need to tell Janine about this. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, things like this. So no one, don't expect anyone to hand anything to you. You've got to go out there and get it and you've got to find it. You know, Um, that's my, my biggest advice. Yeah, go get it. I like it. Thank you so much. Uh, Thanks for having me, Janine. No problem. I want to thank our guests and you, our listeners. You could have been doing anything else, but you chose to spend your time with me, and I am grateful. Be sure to subscribe at bpn.fm slash bbb so you'll never miss an episode. While you're at it, tell a friend. I'm your host, Janine Scott, and we at the Broadway League Hope you enjoyed this episode of the Black Business of Broadway. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.